0: Hey everyone, this is Achuta Baba from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, we're going to take a look at the astrology of November for your sun and rising sign. And what I'll do is I'll start by looking, I'll show you the transits that we're going to look at for the month um, for your sun and moon or for your sun rising sign, Uh, break it down and then we'll go through all 12 signs and give you a brief rundown of um, what I'm what I would expect what kinds of themes and topics are likely to be active at these key moments during the month. Uh, Before we do that, I want to remind you that my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, it's a one-year program in Hellenistic Astrology, begins in just a little less than two weeks now. It starts on November 13th, so you've got 12 more days to register. If you want to take advantage of the early bird rate, you have until the end of, not this week, but the end of next week uh, before the class starts to use that up until the 12th. So uh, just a little over a week left to take advantage of uh, that rate, which is a great deal. Uh, You can check it out on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Go to the courses page, click on the first year course. If you have any questions about the program, you can email us info at nightlightastrology.com. It's over 100 hours worth of classroom material. They are hosted through live webinars on Saturdays. And uh, the classes also feature... Um, Outside of class, we have a lot of bonus material, interactive uh, discussions, we have a tutoring staff that's there to help you, we have breakout study sessions, you can talk to me throughout the year about anything related to our class. Um, So it's a great program, really look forward to having a new group of students starting soon we're getting registrations of course coming in more and more now as we're getting close to start date. Um, so be sure to be sure to sign up, uh, use the early bird rate, save $500 off, there's a payment plan if you need it. There's also need-based tuition for people who might be on a tight budget or have some kind of financial constraint. So be sure to check that out if it could help you. All right, so let's take a look at the astrology of the month that we're going to apply to all 12 signs today. Um, first of all, we can uh, take a look at the major transits together, and then we'll go through it. Um, you can see that on November 4th, towards here, towards the beginning of the month, everything this month is focused, for my horoscopes of the month, are focused on the Taurus-Scorpio axis. You could throw in Aquarius, but I'm really focused on Taurus and Scorpio this month. So on November 4th, you can see there's a new moon forming in Scorpio and it's opposite Uranus. This is gonna be the first transit of the month that, um, that warrants us focusing on these two houses, these two whole sign houses, the f- new moon, the seed of the cycle being planted in the sign of Scorpio. Okay, so if we move forward from there to the 10th of the month, then on the 10th of the month, you're going to see Mercury and Mars conjoining in Scorpio as well. It's one of the bigger transits of the month, both of them are square to Saturn and Aquarius, but they're also both applying into the opposition with Uranus, which Between the 10th and the 17th, thereabouts, is going to happen for both of them. You'll see Mercury goes through the opposition to Uranus by the 13th, and then Mars goes through the opposition with Uranus by the 17th. So those are big events. And then on the 19th, we have the full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. So for these reasons, I'm really focused on the Taurus-Scorpio axis this month. Everything that we're going to do for this month's horoscopes are going to be focused on that particular axis, And we're just going to go through all 12 signs, and I'm going to tell you exactly what to look for. I like to people, everyone has like slightly different ways of doing horoscopes. What I like to do, my style, if you're new to my channel, is not to necessarily focus on every last transit of the month, but to focus on what I think maybe two or three of the biggest transits of the month are going to be for each of the 12 signs. Um, because most of the time, uh, most people are not going to experience every single transit of the month as a big deal. Uh, but, but the major hard aspects, the major features of the moon cycle, eclipses, there are certain things that do tend to stand out. So I like to try to figure out, you know, what's that each what, what are those transits each month and then focus on them. This month, again, Taurus Scorpio access is highlighted so we're going to look across that access and talk about what kinds of things to expect. Generally speaking with this series of transits we're talking about the the Uranian theme of revolution and individuation. Which means that we're going to see that theme play out across the tensions of two houses simultaneously, wherever Scorpio is located and wherever Taurus is located by whole sign in your birth chart. I recommend doing this for your rising sign, but you could apply this to your sun sign if you always read sun sign horoscopes. So when we're starting off with the sign of Aries, we're looking at the opposition between Taurus and Scorpio falling across the eighth and the second houses. What this means is that these hotspot moments, especially between the fourth and say about the 20th of the month are activating two houses that have a lot to do with the exchange between um, your own resources, themes of self-sufficiency, maybe business and money um, as well as things that come from other people or that go to other people, the debts karmically that other people have to us or that we have to other people. The ultimate Debt is death. The eighth house is associated with death as well, um, and there's also a sense of um, sometimes fear and anxiety related to the eighth house. And generally, people sometimes have a lot of anxiety about the eighth house. You know, when they're learning about astrology, they'll think, "Oh, that's you know, that's such a rough house." But more than the eighth house is associated with death, it really has the things, the the feeling of eventuality of things that eventually will come to pass that we will owe to other people. Um, And that we will, you know, it's like the eighth house is kind of like the pay the piper house. So when you have a stellium of Scorpio planets in your eighth this month as an Aries rising or Aries sun, um, you know, that there, there may be um, a theme of looking very closely at the people that you rely on in your life or that those people that rely on you. And the need to be free from different kinds of debts and obligations may be a very strong theme this month, as maybe the feeling that I can't be free unless I have the help or support of someone else. So looking at themes of dependency, interdependency, independence, especially around resources, it could be emotional resources, it could be financial resources. That's what I'm seeing for you this month if you're in Aries Rising. And remember that between especially say the 10th and the 17th, you may notice that things are a little bit more heated with Mars in the mix of that opposition and Mercury in the mix of that opposition. And things should be kind of fully blossoming right around the 19th, 20th with the lunar eclipse in your second house, which suggests some kind of change around money and finances that's on its way. So that's what I've got for you if you're an Aries rising. Let's go forward to Taurus. So if you're a Taurus rising, all of these transits are falling across your first and your seventh house this month. That means you're across the access of my my own individual self, my body, my own um, physical vehicle, my health and vitality are part of the first house, my character and my sense of uh, individuality, the character development that, you know, you would see in a book or a novel or um, a movie or something like that. Um, We can see that kind of character development happening um, through revolution when Uranus is in the first house. How am I changing, evolving, developing rapidly? Um, Often with Uranus, we go through, uh, you know, big character developments, you know, kind of rapid, sudden shifts of character and self-understanding especially when Uranus is being activated by planets in the seventh house, this sense of personal awareness and, and transformation can come through our relationships. So you're seeing the seed of the new moon and Scorpio in the seventh house, some potential areas of conflict uh, also um, questions about sexuality and um, questions about, you know, emotional um, connection in relationships and there's a, maybe the mark of some drama around relationships. So the need to be free from certain kinds of unhealthy codependencies in relationships. Um, but I would say also the need to evolve through the, um, through intimacy, through sexuality, the, the change of identity that you may be experiencing as you're going deeper in a relationship or maybe getting out of a relationship, but both the question of who I'm becoming how I am growing and changing as an individual, what my individual needs are, as well as what is being asked of me from um, my most key or important partnerships is what I'm seeing as the main themes of the month for my Taurus risings. Again, with the 10th through the 19th being a particularly intense time with Mars and Mercury getting together in the 7th, you know, watch for, you know, more Potentially combative energies, especially around communication, and Mercury and Mars getting together in the seventh can mean that there's some some combativeness around your communication and relationships, or some emotional outbursts or something like that. So, um, but these are these are big events that could also be happening in the life of a partner or spouse. Um, So watch for there to be you know maybe a focus on really important things that are happening in a partner or spouse's life that are changing the narrative somehow. So these are the energies that I'm seeing if you're a Taurus rising. Let's go to Gemini rising. For both Geminis and Sagittarians, we have you're going to see the same basic uh, axis being highlighted. Um, so for Geminis, you're going to see the Taurus and Scorpio energy falling across the 12th and the 6th houses. Now the new moon in Scorpio opposite Uranus, that signature starts in the 6th um and the intense period again runs from say the 10th to the 19th with mars and mercury in the sixth house opposing uranus in the 12th here's what i would say about this one um plans might change dramatically this month if you're a gemini the reason for that is that these two houses the sixth and the twelfth are often houses that were they were associated with bad fortune Bad fortune sounds like a really, oh, you know, it's really prescriptive kind of dark and scary sounding thing. But bad fortune just means the curveballs that life throws you that can be frustrating or that can throw your plans up into the air or that can temporarily provide a setback or a delay or a challenge um, that can provide you with, um, you know, a cold that puts you down for a couple of days. It's the kind of stuff that you see in the sixth and the twelfth house generally speaking, is the kind of stuff of mind, body, and spirit that provides us with um, challenges or interruptions of what we would like to be doing. Oh, I'd like to be doing this, but I have to deal with this other challenge. The other thing that they often provide us with are um, periods of either hard work and um, you know having to labor with something or possibly feelings of isolation and loneliness sometimes, uh, sickness or the need for solitude. Uh, so these houses are not necessarily easy ones. When you see the revolutionary signature of Uranus being sparked again and again across this axis, I like to think that these are the kinds of challenges that could provide you with, you know, um, a pretty serious level of awakening. I mean, you know, there's, we all have challenges, but then, you know, one of those months comes along where it's like the challenges that hit you are the kind that change your mind. They change your outlook they shift something inside and you end up feeling really good about it afterward. Um, you say, okay, like that was, I can, I can see that, you know, if you're a person of faith, that my guides, the universe, the divine, uh, you know, brought that for me. And so I think that's one of the benefits. If you're a Gemini rising this month is that you're going to see that just, just that feeling of, Understanding something about yourself that you weren't able to see previously, a shadow that you were able to comprehend a little bit better, something of the unconscious that you're able to um, uh, take and and use for positive change. The other thing, of course, is that some of these things across the sixth and the twelfth house really have nothing to do with you. Um, so be careful that you're not exhausting yourself. Take really good care of your health, and just know that you know this too shall pass, so to speak, and. Don't, don't try to spend too much time, um, you know, worrying about or trying to fix or solve something that may, may just as easily pass uh, as it, as it, you know, as it came on, this is a weird way in which six house things in particular tend to come on and be really frustrating. And then they just pass really, they, they pass away and you go like, okay, well, you know, I thought that, I thought that this was a lot more of an emergency than it was. So be patient with the process this month. If you're in Gemini. Um, Now, we're going to go ahead to put Cancer on the Ascendant. And when we have Cancer on the Ascendant, we're seeing the Taurus-Scorpio axis across the 5th. And let me just back this up one day. Yeah, So we're seeing it across the 5th and the 11th houses. So this is uh, this axis, this house axis, if you're a Cancer rising, is going to involve friends, groups, colleagues, organizations, uh, maybe even questions about um, your social life uh, and, or you know, other other things too. Anything that's religious, spiritual, academic, uh, a group of some kind that you belong to. Uh, so there's some there's what do I want to say. There's the the feeling of things changing within some kind of social circle or organization or group that you might belong to, and you know, the fifth house has a lot to do with um, the joy that we all have when we're doing when we're in our own element and doing what we're good at. And so with the Scorpio fifth house um, emphasis this month, if you're a cancer rising, it's important that you look at whether or not you feel creatively fulfilled, free, happy, spontaneous, easy um, within the different kinds of uh, groups or organizations or different kinds of cliques or social um, social scenes that you belong to. I think it's a good month if you're a cancer rising to consider that um, you know, if if the if the groups in your life are not listening to you or if there's not room for you to contribute something unique or be yourself, that they probably aren't the right ones for you. On the other hand, um, you know sometimes there's, The need to sometimes people have almost a habitual need to provoke and make a scene and stand out and be different and rebel and, and you may find that you burn bridges or that you, you know, you, you lose yet another valuable social um, dimension of your life if you insist too strongly on being, you know, um, a contrarian, so be careful of that if that tends to be more of your tendency, but the question of creative fulfillment and group participation, personal dharma and group dharma are in an interesting conversation for you this month. If you're a Cancer rising, also potentially the topic of children, and the fifth house, children and pregnancy, um, and also uh, questions in general about where, who, who are my people? Those are eleventh house questions for sure that that are probably likely to come up with. Uranus being activated again and again in a big lunar eclipse in your 11th house. Whoops. Okay, so we're going to move forward now to Leo on the Ascendant. If Leo's on the Ascendant, then you've got the Scorpio and Taurus axis across your 4th and 10th houses. This means that this sequence of astrological events is lighting up across the axis of home, family, and property or roots down in the 4th house, and your work in the world or your reputation or your professional life. Those are typically the two areas that you'll see, um, you know, showing up when you have transits coming across Taurus and Scorpio. Those are the themes and topics. Um, with the Mars energy and the Mercury energy in the fourth, I wonder about conflict around home and family, property, living environment this month, or I wonder about simultaneous, the, the need to for Uh, changes at work or in the workplace, the lunar eclipse in your 10th house by, you know, the, um, geez, by the 19th, I could see Leos this month having to deal with quite a bit because of the pressure coming, the pressure to change, the, the feeling that something is beyond your control is changing in the workplace. And it's also happening as there is some degree of conflict or um, intensity emotionally and, and perhaps, um, uh, you know, around key family relationships in the fourth house. So, um, you know, one of the things that I'm used to seeing when this happens is people moving for a job. That's probably the most common, but you can also see things like the pressures at work are affecting your home life or vice versa but look at these two areas work professional life evolution in professional life and um, changes or pressures around home family what well, you know the bottom line of the 4th house will often drive changes in the career i've got a mortgage i've got bills i've got a you know i've got things in my private life that demand attention and then how is that correlated to the work i'm doing in the world so watch for those two areas to be you know um, really intense especially between the 10th and the 19th of this month so that's pretty much right down the middle all right let's go forward to Virgo so if you are a Virgo rising then you're going to see this axis of Taurus and Scorpio across your uh, third ninth house and third house so what I like about this for Virgos is the Mercury Mars combination in the third um, both going through the oppositions to Uranus and the ninth and then the lunar eclipse around the 19th in the ninth house. This feels to me like a paradigm changer. Uh, This is something that includes, um, this is something that involves some kind of major uh, change around um, your mental, spiritual, intellectual outlook. This could be a sign that you're going to study something new. This could be a sign that you're, um, you know, you're finding new teachers or mentors that you're going through some kind of very important paradigm change. And also that. Questions about, you know, what, who or what you trust as an authority, spiritually, intellectually, mentally, um, how to uh, communicate your own, your own mind, your own voice, while also respecting uh, higher truth and wisdom and other sources of knowledge or, or authorities in like a field. For example, when you're in college, there's a certain way in which you should be questioning things that you're learning about. There's another way in which you should be learning to accept the authority of higher sources of knowledge and truth. And the balance between those two things is sometimes tricky to figure out. And life is a classroom, and this same dichotomy goes on and on and on. As a Virgo, your ruling planet Mercury getting into the conjunction with Mars, both opposing Uranus, could lead to some combativeness, like mentally and intellectually, or there could be um, some, uh, you know, rebellious streak this month. Um, but you know, working through that, you may discover that you are that you're experiencing a really important shift by the uh, by the time of the lunar eclipse in the ninth house. Lunar eclipses in the ninth house in my own life, for example, have been around when I've gotten into astrology or when I've, you know, gotten into Bhakti yoga. Different times of my life when eclipses have come through those houses. I'm, I'm usually the game is changing somehow because my, my mind and my spirit are, are finding teachers and teachings and challenging ideas and, and re- just really rapidly um, evolving. So that's what I've got for you if you're a Virgo rising. All right, let's go forward to Libra rising. So if you're a Libra rising, you're going to see the second and eighth house axis highlighted again, just as it was where we started off with Aries. So you're talking about financial independence and financial dependence. You're talking about uh, being resourceful and needing to rely on your own uh, gifts, skills, talents, abilities, cultivating them, developing them, making money from them. Um, what do you have in your own possession to rely on? Or what are you trying to develop or cultivate? And what are you trying uh, or, or what, what or who do you rely on? And how are those uh, dependencies changing? Some people are going to rely on you in life. And sometimes you're going to rely on someone else. There's a revolution happening around these topics this month, as those second house planets are really interested, you know, second house Scorpio planets, the, they, they start off the cycle of the new moon on the fourth interested in what's mine. What can I do? What can I cultivate? How do I stand on my own two feet? Um, And whereas the, you know, the eighth house planets are going to be much more intimately involved with other people's resources. So figuring out the balance between those two things is really important this month and uh, some big changes happening around those things. Don't be surprised if what you have, what you're in possession of, what other people have are in a pretty intense conversation throughout the month. All right, let's move on to the next one. So we're going to put Scorpio on the ascendant. If you're a Scorpio rising, same as Taurus rising, you're going to see this falling across the first and the seventh house. And the same idea applies, which is that personal change is happening in concert with changes in relationships. So you're seeing an emphasis on personal transformation, physical transformation, character evolution, first house topics. They're being fueled by um, the revolutionary impulse of Uranus in the house of relationships, intimacy, sexuality, love, partnerships. There's significant revolution with Uranus in the seventh house. It's been happening in your life since you know May of 2018, when Uranus first moved into the seventh house. These kinds of cycles, when you see a lunar eclipse in Taurus in the seventh, a bunch of planets hitting oppositions to Uranus in the seventh, You generally get the feeling of I need to evolve and it's happening because of something that's happening in a relationship or something that's happening in my partner's life or in the sphere of intimacy. Um, And sometimes that means getting out of a relationship. Sometimes that means major changes within an existing relationship or partnership. It doesn't have to, people often think, well, this is going to be about a breakup. That's one of the classic, you know, interpretations of some of these transits, Mars opposite Uranus in particular across the first and the seventh, usually looks like I need to individuate, which means I don't need a partnership. But sometimes it's more like I need to grow and change. And so it's one of those periods of time where the relationship has to grow and change. Otherwise, you know, then maybe there's a problem, but lots of relationships grow and change and evolve through these transits. And there's not necessarily a, you know, like a big blowout or anything. On the other hand, you can sometimes see that there's going to be more of a confrontational tendency. I'm feeling, for example, I'm feeling the need to, uh, you know, I'm feeling the need to um, assert myself more. That's what I'm looking for um, with Mars in the first house opposite Uranus in the 12th house, I perceive anyone that feels or looks or thinks differently than me as an enemy this month, you know, so you have to be kind of careful of that kind of thing. Okay, so Scorpio Taurus axis, if you're a Scorpio rising, watch for that evolutionary transformation coming through relationships, a lot of kind of personal feelings of empowerment and boldness and assertiveness, just be careful that You don't mistake other people for your enemies. Um, When you're feeling the need to change or grow or become more independent, sometimes you might perceive other people that way uh, with Mars in your first house this month. All right, so let's move on to the Sagittarius and Gemini axis. So for you guys, we're looking at Scorpio and Taurus across your 12th and 6th house for the Sagittarians out there. And like our Gemini risings, these two houses can be really frustrating. Um, the 12th house can be, especially with the stellium and Scorpio there this month can provide you with a little bit of um, emotional drama. I would be especially careful about things that undermine you emotionally and mentally this month for Sagittarians. And um, that could be within the context of, you know, work relationships or, you um, or uh, romantic partnerships, I'm thinking of those two because Mercury happens to rule your 10th and your 7th. But also um, just the way you communicate with other people or the way that other people communicate with you um, might be really revealing this month. For example, you could reach a point where if someone's communicating with you to you in a way that um, is mean or hostile or toxic enough is enough. It might be time for a split. If you, on the other hand, are someone who has poor communication tendencies, you could very easily hurt someone else or be called out this month or get in trouble for gossiping or something like that. So you want to be really careful of mental and emotional energies that undermine or that create conflict, especially in ways that are sort of subtle and pernicious. And again, that's because of that 12th house Scorpio Mercury Mars dynamic. Also watch for um, you know, kind of mental and verbal outbursts this month that could get you into trouble or that um, you know could provide you with challenges again, probably at work or in relationships in particular. You're gonna see also that um, the more that you're able to take a step back to reflect, step into a contemplative space, have a little bit of alone time to process and understand the deeper emotional currents of the moment, the more likely it is that there can be big breakthroughs around your personal health, your sense of, um, personal confidence. I say that because all these planets are going to move into Sagittarius later in the month and into December, you're going to have these planets in the 12th go into the first that can mean that there's a sequence happening where things that have been hidden from your, from yourself are becoming understandable. And, um, we, ideally we do that because in the 12th house we've taken time out to contemplate and look at things on a deeper level. And with a little bit of space, if you don't do that, it's likely that those, um, intense mental, emotional energies, especially with Mercury, Mars and Scorpio in the 12th are going to lead to like blowouts and for real frustration, especially with those, um, you know, the oppositions to Uranus in the sixth, So the 12th house, um, can yield a lot of very deep insights this month. If you're careful and know that you might have a short fuse or that things are a little bit more volatile. Remember also next month, you're going to have an eclipse in your first house. So if you're a Sagittarian, I would say, you know, tread carefully this month and be, be good to yourself and know that, um, you know, something little can turn into something big very quickly. So, you know, walk gently and also that any changes that are coming or anything that happens is more difficult um, can also create a revolution, a positive revolution of understanding. Twelfth house planets are often the things that are in our blind spots. You hit Uranus in the sixth with a bunch of those oppositions and they can become um, a part of our awareness and create a little revolution in our lives this month that, um, you know, can help us feel like a, a healthier, whole, more sane version of ourselves. So that's what I've got for you Sagittarians this month. And I'd love to hear your stories from sags in particular, because I, I feel like sags might have the most challenging signature of the month. So I'd love to hear from you guys um, in, in the chat box or uh, maybe with the, using the hashtag grabbed. All right. So the next um, sequence is we have uh, Capricorn on the Ascendant. With Capricorn, we're putting just like we were with Cancer, we're putting these energies across your 11th and 5th. Now, if I'm a Capricorn, I'm looking at the 11th in particular, even more than the 5th, because that Mercury-Mars dynamic between the 10th and say the 19th, especially given that there's a new moon in Scorpio in the 11th on the 4th, something's, something is really, um, something's happening around friends and groups, organizations uh, who, I would, I would almost be wondering um, if you're not evaluating some kind of social uh, dynamic in your life. Uh, for example, um, do I really want to be working with certain people? Or do I really want to be hanging out with certain people? Or what do I need more of that I'm not getting in my life socially, religiously, spiritually, or intellectually? You know, What kind of culture am I associating with? What kind of culture am I creating in my life? And is it healthy or not? Um, so I'm, I'm looking at sort of who and what you associate with and whether it's healthy or not, and the need for some kind of big change that's in that area of your life this month for Capricorns. Also, um, the Mercury-Mars-Scorpio dynamic can be a little ruthless in the 11th house. I would watch out for people who might want to use you or for people that there's almost like a social opportunism around this Uh, This month for Capricorns that I'm a little bit, uh, I guess, get a little bit worried about it because I think, um, you know, we don't, you don't want to um, sell your soul or something that's creatively vital and essential about yourself, which is correlated to the fifth house for the sake of something that you feel like could advance you, you know, and I I get the feeling of that, that could be in play. That kind of dynamic could be in play this month um, with these transits across the 11th and fifth for you. So that's what I'm seeing for my Capricorn rising people. I would also say that, you know, uh, advantageous or strategic relationships, um, you know, that are truly healthy could be in the mix, but I'm, I'm a little bit more careful with the Mercury-Mars dynamic. Mercury-Mars and Scorpio can be pretty cutthroat in terms of um, uh, like, you know, looking at people as the means to an end. So, or potentially... Uh, feeling like needing to be almost guarding against people taking advantage of you. And the 11th house was called the joy of Jupiter. And for as beneficial as that house is in terms of allies and uh, who we ally ourselves with, when you have a malefic, like Mars in the house, it's also um, potentially about uh, who hurts you. And, you know, people don't always hurt us in really obvious ways. Sometimes the influence of someone or something over a longer period of time isn't necessarily good for us. So I'd be looking at those things in particular this month, knowing that with the opposition to Uranus in the fifth house that, um, you know, creative, uh, the if I think of the fifth house right now, especially given that you have Venus in your first, which rules the fifth um, this month of November, I'm, I'm sitting here going like, personal and creative individuation is really important right now. And it's going to be in December too, when Venus goes retrograde in your first house. So, you know, if you, if you, it's kind of like who or what you're associating with now, if it's not creatively fulfilling, but it's getting you somewhere, you're, you're, you're going to probably be um, re-looking at that by the end of December, when Venus goes retrograde in your first house, your relationships now, um, if you're glossing over deeper, more complicated issues in social dynamics, um, they're they're gonna come back to bite you by the end of December. So I'd be a little bit careful about that. All right, anyway, let's go to Aquarius rising. So Aquarius rising, we've got a stellium, again in Scorpio in the 10th, opposing Uranus in the fourth. That is our dynamic for the month. And the new moon is being planted. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Let me just get this back to there. And let's back this up by a day. So the new moon is being planted in your career house if you're in Aquarius rising. But there's also a lot of um, dynamic energy producing change around the fourth house, which is home, family, roots, property, family karma, private sphere, domestic sphere of life. So you look and you say, okay, you know, am I moving because of a job? That's one of the most basic things that I am used to seeing with these kinds of oppositions. Or you can also look at this and say, what am I doing with my life? And is is a lot of my time and energy right now being uh, taken up by things that are happening at home or taken away from attention that also needs to be placed on things happening in my home life. Similarly, you could say things that are happening in the home or family, um, are, are creating the change at work. There's a new child that changes the way that I have to do my job, or you know, mom might need a maternity leave or something like that. But looking at the 10th house and saying, I'm, I'm plant. there's a new moon on November 4th. That's the seeds of change around career. But then they're, they keep hitting revolutionary Uranus down in the fourth house of home and family. So what is, what's going on there? And I would expect these two areas of life to be uh, telling the story. Uh, especially between like the 10th and the, and the 20th thereabouts. Um, with the lunar eclipse on the 19th and the 4th house, something's coming to a close around home and family. There's a chapter that's ending or a change, and it's probably outside of your control on some level. Things have an expiration date. And um, so look for changes around home, family, living environment uh, to kind of cap off the cycle by the 19th. All right, so last but not least... Um, we are going to put Pisces on the Ascendant and we're going to see, just as we did for Virgo, the ninth and third house energies. So the new moon is placed in your ninth house on the fourth. That suggests a revolution in the mind this month. Uh, the, the ninth house being a place of our beliefs, the, the things that guide us uh, intellectually, spiritually, philosophically, uh, the teachers, mentors, gurus, the topic of, uh, travel perhaps. So those topics are, there's a strong intention for there to be a deeper and more penetrating look at beliefs at intellectual or philosophical things. And that's the emphasis of Mercury and Mars in that house That's a very penetrating mindset this month and can lead to, um, uh, kind of, um, a newer, deeper, more confident or, or evolved or mature understanding of something It could be political, spiritual, there could be, um, you know, sometimes you see this when people start studying something and then it's being fueled all the while by Uranus in the third house. Another place that relates to the mind and to learning. Um, Oftentimes you're going to see questions about heresy. You're going to see questions about, you know, religious or intellectual, you know, rebelliousness, who can, what kind of authority can I trust or not? I was saying the same thing when we were looking at Taurus on the Ascendant earlier, uh, excuse me, Virgo on the Ascendant earlier, which is that, you know, In school, there's a balance that we need to strike between learning to question things and ask critical questions and also learning to trust higher sources of knowledge or authority. If we think, well, I can't trust anyone or anything, we won't learn or grow. But if we blindly follow everything and anything, then we also won't grow. Something about that balance this month might be really, finding that balance might be important uh, for you if you're Pisces rising. I also suspect that um, anything around travel, possibly siblings, uh, foreign countries, those are all topics that sometimes get activated around the third and the ninth house axis in general. Um, I also like the idea of there being the need to uh, confront uh, ideas this month or to, to, to maybe passionate r- rhetoric or debate or something like that. Um, be careful that you don't that you don't bring uh, some kind of crusading attitude or evangelical attitude into um, key relationships that, um, you know, like, like people that you really that you really love, or that could be hurt, because of the level of mental or intellectual intensity that's there this month, you don't want to lose people over, you know, uh, having slightly different beliefs on something that maybe not isn't that, you know, isn't the most important thing in the world. Um, on the other hand, um, there is some kind of intellectual revolution at hand for you this month. And, facing or confronting difficult, complicated ideas, understanding who you are and where you stand, um, that's important to do. And you can't, uh, sometimes we can't gloss over, you know, difficult conversations or topics. So it's kind of knowing knowing, um, how to have those conversations without hurting ourselves or others in the process if you're a Pisces rising. All right, so that's what I've got for all 12 signs. I have to apologize because um, I have something like uh, a little bit of a cold going on right now Um, and uh, not COVID. So thankfully, I don't have any of those symptoms, but I just have a head cold. And I think that's because I was outside trick or treating. We had a Halloween party. My dad was here over the weekend. Um, And so it was just a really um, full weekend and I'm not feeling the greatest this morning. And so um, I'm just having a harder time articulating myself than I usually would. So thanks for hanging in there with me today. And um, we will be back tomorrow because tomorrow Mercury squares Pluto. And then um, by Thursday, we have got our new moon in Scorpio coming through. Uh, So there's a bunch to talk about this week. We're going to continue our series on the Zodiac. We're going to look at common misunderstandings about the sign of Sagittarius. So lots of fun things to come. Don't forget that my new New class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystics starts on November 13th. You can check it out on my website, nightlightastrology.com. And I look forward to talking to all of you more as the week goes on. All right, take it easy, everyone. Bye.